In autumn 2023, I started to notice a gradual increase in stress levels woven into the world around me. People seem to be driving more erratically, they're under more pressure at work, and the cost of living is hitting everybody's pockets. In November, I went out to celebrate my brother's birthday, and it seemed like nearly every conversation I was having was around mental health or money worries. Then between Christmas and New Year, I went out for dinner with some friends, and we had a really interesting disagreement about the world and how it works. Quite often in life, if you follow the money, you'll get to the answers you're looking for. And this is my story. Back in September, I really can remember starting to notice people driving very aggressively. (laughs) It was like something that just switched after the summer holidays. I don't know whether it's because everyone had been away over the summer, uh, they'd gone on holiday, they got some sunshine, people are going out a bit more and partying and relaxing, socialising, and as soon as September hits, the kids are back at school and it's kind of back to reality, but I really noticed people just driving more erratically. Um, There's a roundabout near where I live, it's called Wheatcroft's Roundabout, and every time I'm coming up to that roundabout to go back home to Keyworth, to my village, I'm now ready for someone to cut me up on that roundabout. Like, I'm waiting. I can see them in my peripheral and they're going to do it. And I'm just, like, on edge all of the time. And it literally must happen, like, once a week. And it's a good job I'm, like, ready for it because, like, if I wasn't, I'd go straight into them. But it seems to be happening, like, all around me. And I think one thing that really happens when you're in cars, right, is that you're in this metal box. And when I'm in the car, like, I love driving. Like, for me, driving is where I do a lot of my best thinking. Um... I talk to myself the whole time while I'm driving. I listen to music, sing my heart out. I cry a lot of the time. If I listen to a song that reminds me of someone or a time or I'm struggling a bit at that period of my life or it just might hit me emotionally, I I cry in the car, I laugh. Um, I've had some of my very best and very worst memories in the car. But I do think when you're inside a car and you're in that metal box, everybody has this confidence level that you just don't have when you're in the outside world. And if you're walking down the street towards somebody and you nudge into them or bump into them, everyone that I come across will say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm really, really sorry. But in your car, it's horns beeping, putting your foot down, getting right up someone's ass. That just seems to be a lot more erratic driving and that can only I can only put that down to stress the other thing I've noticed as well is that there's just way more traffic on the roads I remember at the start of last year when I um was getting back into work and I was going to the gym and I started going to the gym at like eight o'clock in the morning it'd be no traffic I'd get there dead easy and I can remember at the time I think oh this is weird like it's normally rush hour about eight o'clock everyone's getting to work and I guess at that time you know people were still for the majority of the week working from home and that seems to have shifted. You know, on a Friday for the last two, three years, you could be on the road at half three and the roads are dead because no one works on a Friday anymore or they finish at half 12 or they're working from home. Whereas now, rush hours are back again. You know, it's almost like pre-pandemic at like eight till nine in the morning trying to get out of my village to go somewhere. It's just a nightmare. There's just traffic everywhere. And then coming back four till five, half five, it's just exactly the same thing. Uh, it's really interesting. I think everybody's back at work and I can just feel that bubble of stress levels around. I think that's probably an accurate... The driving, I think, is an accurate representation of just how stressed everybody is. Because when you're inside your car, you react in ways you wouldn't on the outside. It's a bit like social media it's the same kind of thing you know you would post things or make comments on social media that you wouldn't in real life to somebody's face um i certainly experienced that recently with the the clip that went viral people calling me a fucking clown and all this i'm sure most of those people wouldn't do that to my face you know we'd have a discussion about it but i get it you're behind the safety of the screen and 
I think the big thing is that you're inside your own head. You kind of forget that everybody's el- everybody else's life is going on outside the exterior of your car. Do you know what I mean? You're kind of like, it's that accurate representation of being just inside your own head, but inside your own car. So those conversations you're having with yourself inside that car, that's your world. But you forget that everybody else in another car has got their life and their environment and their circumstances to deal with at the same time. It's a really interesting thing. Uh, you kind of notice as well when you hit a car or you see a little collision and, and people come out and they come out dead aggressive and then once they're there, they calm down and say, oh, I'm really sorry, I'll take your details. It's kind of, you can see that, right? Um, and, and one thing that is definitely adding to everybody's stress on the roads at the minute is just where I live in Nottingham, there seems to have been a lot of floods recently, right? So all the roads are just flooding. And it's funny, when I lived with my granddad, he went to the council and basically said to them, you're building all these new build sites everywhere, right? But the villagers can't take the water. So the pipes just can't handle that amount of water and you're going to have real problems like moving forwards. And he was trying to convince them to put wells in the bottom of people's gardens again. And he's spot on because this year, whenever it rains, it's an absolute nightmare. All the roads flood uh, and traffic is just ridiculous. And what happens after that is when it dries up, we then get these potholes that are just ruining everyone's car and the council a skin and they've gone bankrupt and they can't afford to fix the potholes and it's just it, then it ruins everybody's car everyone's cars are going into the garage more often you're getting flat tires all the time and it's just adding to everybody's stress uh and it's funny that like for me yeah i just think that the way people drive in i really i've been asking people recently have you noticed people driving more aggressively and a few people said yeah i have actually and i just think it's a good accurate representation of just the stress in everybody's life at the moment um and so, yeah, that was one thing I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I, and it's funny, right? It all, a lot of it all comes back to money. And it's that financial stress, especially when you're in your car, right? Like, I'm stressed about it already. Like, my MOT's coming up. My car's making dodgy noises every time I go around the corner. The, the wheel, steering wheel's shaking. I'm thinking, no, oh, it's going to cost me a fortune because my car's getting old now, so it's costing me a lot every year. And that stress that I'm feeling, is everybody's feeling at the same time. Um, and then the first thing that really started to get me thinking that, okay, there's a lot of people struggling right now, was my brother's birthday. So it was my brother's birthday in November, and uh, we went out, we had some drinks, we went to West Bridgeford, uh, and I saw a lot of my brother's friends that I've not seen for a long time, one of which has been traveling for like the past year, 18 months, working abroad, super interesting guy. And it seemed like nearly every conversation I was having that night was about either someone struggling with their mental health or them having a loved one or a close friend that was struggling with their mental health. And alongside that was like money issues, like stressed about work or stressed about money or stressed about staying out because they couldn't afford to stay out and buy drinks and, you know, they didn't want to get into a round of people. And it was, it was really interesting. And I was thinking, well, if this small group of people, these young lads, are all having this having these conversations and struggling with their mental health and financial worries, that's probably a good reflection of what's going on in wider society. Um, And after that night, yeah, I thought about that a lot. And I think for me, I've said to Connie for the last few years, November for me is like the month where shit hits the fan. 
I've got this theory that November is the month where things get real. And I think you have the summer where you go out and it's great and the sun's shining. So it's a bit like in COVID when the sun was just shining all of the time. Your stresses seem to go away a little bit when the sun's shining. That's like one less thing to worry about. I think as you get close towards the end of the year, especially November, like all the good parts of the summer are gone. Halloween and like bonfire night are finished. And then you've got like Christmas looming on the horizon and you're kind of stressed and worried about how expensive that's going to be. There's no nice weather anymore. It's starting to get cold. The nights are getting darker earlier, and that definitely affects everybody's mood. And, like, the reality of life kind of seems to hit in November. And I remember when we were traveling, I would say that to her, and Connie was like, not a lot of stuff's happened, like, back home since we've been away yet. And I was like, just wait till we get to November. November's the month. And this year, it was spot on. It was when I was having those conversations and when things started to fall apart a little bit around me. It was November. It was bang on November. And I think that stress of Christmas coming up and being able to afford presents for other people and knowing that someone's going to buy me a gift and if they buy me a gift for 30 quid, I'm going to have to buy them one back for 30 quid. And that like financial stress lingers around in November, I think. And like I said, that, that accurate reflection of you know, what's going on, that small group of lads that I had those conversations with. And it wasn't just one, it was like four or five conversations that night. And there was a lad there that wasn't drinking, uh, was struggling with his mental health. There was another lad whose little brother had been struggling with his mental health, didn't really know what to do. And I don't know whether it's because, like, I'm so open about talking about mental health that everyone wants to come to me to talk about it. <laughs> but I do remember after that night thinking, God, I don't go out much, but I don't really want to go out again for a while because that was a bit too much to take on. Um, so I don't know whether it's that or whether it is just people just naturally, the pub talk as it is, is more about kind of like the stress and the, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I don't want to discourage anybody from talking about the mental health or financial worries, especially financial worries as well, because I think that's something in this country that we kind of, it's a stiff upper lip and we never really talk about it. And um, yeah, no, I, I've always been puzzled by how when you're at school, you never learn about mortgages. I mean, you never learn about uh, inflation or, you know, <laughs> how to how to use a credit card properly or debt what's good debt and bad debt like how does that work you never learn how money works at school right <laughs> i think now there's a lot of people scratching their head going why didn't i learn that you know i was there doing food technology and dt and pi learning learning the first nine numbers of pi but actually it would have been really helpful if i'd have been able to learn you know how money works and how to fix my own car when it when the tire falls off or it get a flat tire or it breaks like i think that's a lot of stress for people and i really noticed that in november and you know i am concerned I, you know i used to think that my situation and my mental health issues that i went through were quite unique because they were sport related i used to think yeah well i only ended up in that situation because i was in an elite sports environment but actually sport was just the vehicle like i think if i'd have been in any other walk of life i'd have probably struggled with the the difficulties that i faced you know uh and and so actually like that probably wasn't a unique situation it was maybe a bit more unique in the time because that was like four or five years ago but now it just seems to be really common uh you know, everyone i speak to is struggling with their mental health and i don't know whether that's just because we're all talking about it more or whether people really are struggling a lot more and I think from the pandemic that period of time it definitely feels to me like people are struggling a bit more definitely more open and that's definitely been because it is now in the public conversation to talk about your mental health for sure um, so the people that wouldn't have in the past are definitely talking about it more now but I think that the lack of community that people are feeling and that 
you know, it's like living your life inside that car, but all the time. Like, I do feel that. Like, especially with the working from home, everyone that works from home, right? It's tough. Like, me and Sam do that a lot of the time. Like, we'll be inside, Sam will be inside the studio or I'll be in my house inside the computer. And before you know it, like, you started at, like, 8 in the morning. You finished at, like, whatever time at night. And you've never seen the sunlight. You've never been outside or spoke to other people. And, like, doing that all the time. But having a whole population of people just working from home, I'm not sure that's good for all of us. And it seems to be this upswell of just people struggling a lot. So, yeah, in November, that was really interesting. I kind of, like, left that on the back burner in my head and then between Christmas and New Year I uh, I went for dinner with some friends uh, and I did quite a lot of socializing over Christmas that I don't normally do I think it was preempting the baby coming because I knew that you know when the baby comes I'm maybe not gonna have as much time to socialize so I was getting ready for that and I spent quite a lot of time with friends it was great like uh, I spent some time with the old Knott's Gymnastics Club guys uh, which was really cool just to catch up with them uh, tend to be doing that more often now which I really enjoy like we have this connection because it was almost like we went through this thing together when we were kids and we're kind of from the same club and the same city and we have this bond that we share it's really cool I love it find out what they're doing with their lives and reconnect and then uh, I spent some time with friends as well one thing I did last year that I loved was uh, I went to a couple of stag do's abroad for good friends and I was a bit oh I'm not sure again for money to be honest if I'm honest like I was very stressed about spending a lot of money on these stag do's and getting into rounds with people and splitting the bills like causing me a lot of stress because at the start of the year I'd just gone freelance wasn't making a lot of money but actually after those experiences what I gained from just spending some time with some some peers that were my age was like invaluable and gave me so much motivation to head into the next few weeks and months after both of those times I went on those stag do's so I caught with those guys over Christmas we went out for dinner and uh it was really interesting, this, I, I'm going to call it a disagreement that we had. And it was like, we were sat on two sides of a table. So there was one of my good friends and kind of me, really, uh, like backing him up a little bit. And then one of our other friends on the other side of the table. And I don't know him that well. And essentially, a few topics were coming up. And you'll have, I'm sure everybody's got friends like this that ask questions like, well, why do you think they do that? They don't have your best interest at heart or... Uh, it's always about money, just follow the money. Like, and I'm one of those guys because I'm like, by nature, I like to question everything. And we were having some of these conversations about certain big topics that are going on right now. And he just, there was like an, an anger within him. I could feel it within him, like this pain. And he was just like, right, no, like you're just a conspiracy theorist. Like it's all rubbish. He basically was arguing that everybody now thinks they're an expert. And and to be honest, like, it made me sit back. And he had a point. He had a real point. And even though I didn't agree with everything that he said and probably didn't agree fundamentally, um, a lot of what he said made a lot of sense to me. And he's right. We live in a world now where everybody is an e expert on every topic, whether it's the war in Ukraine or Israel and Hamas or whatever's going on. These are so complicated, you know, <laughs> like such complicated topics. And we get all of our information now from people online, right? So we used to get that information from the media and it would be BBC News, ITV News, Channel 4 News, Sky News, right? But we're so mistrusting of the media now that we go to independent people online like, for me, example, I get most of my information from listening to Joe Rogan or Chris Williamson on Modern Wisdom or Trigonometry, all of these podcasts, right? 
And I take that for gospel a lot of the time and it isn't. It, it, it isn't quite often, especially if they've not had experts come on. And it's a bit like, I used to notice sometimes that kids would come out with things and I'd think, you don't, kids don't talk like that. And they're just regurgitating the conversations their parents have in their house. And that's what like, we, I imagine we would do with the news back in the day, right? Or a newspaper. We just regurgitate what we've read. And I am probably guilty of just regurgitating things I listen to on a podcast. And I'm sure at times some people think, oh, whoa, he's pretty intelligent. I'm not. I'm just, it's just the stuff that I, I listen to and that's what I'm interested in. And, and I think he is right. You've got to be careful. Like, that you can get into this trap of becoming an expert on all these topics when really you know nothing. And I'm probably only, if I was to call myself an expert, I'd say within the world of gymnastics in certain areas, and that's probably it, nothing else. So I do think I have to be careful on this podcast about the topics that I delve into. But I do also think it's important that you should share your truth and your opinions. And you shouldn't be scared of that and making a mistake. And as long as you're willing to go, yeah, yeah, I got that wrong. I'm really sorry. This is what I think now. I've changed my opinion on something. Yeah, that's okay. But it was a really interesting conversation that I had that we had in a disagreement and we went back and forth for a bit and I kind of started being quite verbal and then kind of stood back and listened a little bit more to the conversation. And ultimately, I think that we got to the point where in many ways, he just kind of said, look, it's pointless. You know, he was almost agreeing with us and he was saying, but you just can't do anything about it. Like, what are you going to do about it? What's the little man going to do about it? And I get that. I get why he feels like that and despondent and... You know, I understand it. And he, and he is right to a real extent. There's so many things that are just out of my control that I can't figure out. But I would much rather be a little... I would much rather try and be educated on a topic and try and understand the mechanism of how it works so I can make the very best decisions with the information I've got. And especially now that I'm going to have a son. You know, I'm worried about how my siblings are going to get a house. So what's it going to be like for my son in 20 years time that stresses me out i want to know how that works i want to figure it out so i can try and put them in the best position possible and learn as much information as i possibly can in that area like i don't want to just go well there's nothing i can do anyway so there's no point even thinking about it uh and ultimately the biggest thing i think his big concern was actually around social media so he was really worried about social media and the impact it was having on like young women uh and he was stressed about it because he's got a daughter and he was like, I'm really worried about like social media is screwing all the kids up. And I was like, yeah, I agree with you. This is exactly what we're saying. We're saying that there's, you know, you've got to look into why people are doing things. And, you know, like the social media now, it's like when you scroll, I'm pretty sure it gives you the same like endorphin release and dopamine hit, right? That it does when you're playing like roulette in a casino. It's the same thing. That's why you scroll like that. And, um... Yeah, it, it was interesting. <laughs> I was like, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> like, social media is messed up and it is really screwing kids up and it's not okay. And, like, there's people that control that, that understand that that's the case. You know, I, I think, what was that? There was a, was it the social? wasn't the social network, but it was about social media. It was a Netflix documentary. It was amazing. Yeah, and that really opened my eyes to that. Um, but, yeah, that, that conversation with him, it, it, it just, for me, it made me, again, it just highlighted that people are pretty stressed at the minute, pretty angry. I think a lot of anger. I'm sensing a lot of anger. And um, I am, by nature, quite conspiratorial. <laughs> but I think if you've experienced in your life some kind of, like, real injustice, it makes you that way. 
it has a real impact on your worldview. And for me, it made me incredibly skeptical, pessimistic, uh, negative. I question almost everything. For a while, I was pretty nihilistic. Um, and that experience just really impacted me. Uh, and that experience was in 2016, um, when I didn't make the Olympic Games in Rio, and I appealed that decision. And for me, it was just a massive injustice. Uh, you know, this I've reflected on that a little bit this week because um, on the TV there was the uh, Mr. Bate, Mr. Bates versus the Post Post Office, <laughs> which everyone seems to be talking about. Uh, it's a brilliant TV show, and. Um, you know, TV is a really interesting one because when I sit down and watch TV with Connie, because I've had somewhat of an experience of how that world works, she finds it very difficult to watch it with me because I will pull it apart and pick it to pieces and I'll say, you do know that they've had that conversation four or five times. It's rehearsed, right? And when they're in a bar on that reality show that you're watching, it's probably 10 o'clock in the morning and there's no music playing because they need to record the audio from the two people having the argument. And she, she's like, shut up. I just let me watch the TV. Um, and then I was watching that Mr. Bates uh, versus the Postman thing. And it was really interesting. It was the same playbook as the playbook that was used with me back then in 2016. It was the segregate, you're the only one, keep you quiet, try and pay you off, although I didn't ever get paid off. Uh, and the interesting thing about that situation was that, you know, it just made me very untrusting of people. And I think I'd had that a little bit earlier on in my career because like sport is very ruthless and we had uh, Jack Blake on the podcast very recently the footballer and he spoke about this a bit you know uh, with his his girlfriend sometimes says to him his wife sorry sometimes says to him Jack God you know you can be quite ruthless and he was like yeah what do I expect what do you expect I grew up in a world where every single week every single month there were players trying to take my shirt off me and trying to stop me from getting a professional contract and achieve my dream. It was a bit like that in gymnastics, you know. There was always a new kid coming up or someone trying to take your spot on the team. And I think my experience of that uh, in 2016, you know, at the time I was only young, I was only 23. Uh, if I had an older head on my shoulders, I probably would have taken that a lot further in terms of the legalities of it. Um, but ultimately I was kind of bullied and silenced and kept quiet and it was exactly the same playbook as, as watching that, and it kind of made me reflect a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what I do in the future because at the time, I effectively uh, signed a, I effectively signed it almost signed almost an NDA to never talk about what happened in a meeting that I had with the CEO, the head national coach and uh, technical director at the time, um, but. I never got paid any money for that NDA that I signed. <laughs> and for me, I was like, I really want to go to the Olympics again in four years' time. So, I, you know, I've just got to keep these people quiet because they make the decisions at the end of the day. And, like, there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied. I still want to be in the team. I still want to represent Great Britain. But, you know, what's funny is that one of those people, the CEO, uh, was basically forced out through the Me Too scandal. She oversaw all of that uh, when that happened three years ago now, uh, which led to the white review and it led to a lot of coaches being under investigation. Um, the head national coach was fired for misconduct and bullying and I think the technical directors, I'm not sure, I've not heard much about him, but I do know that his partner is under, I believe, is under investigation um, at the moment. Uh, so I don't know whether that voids that NDA that I signed <laughs> or not. I'm going to have to find out because I'm obviously writing my book. Uh, but that, that experience for me just makes me by nature quite quite open to conspiracy theories. And I think just 
as a kid, I was always incredibly curious, you know. Uh, I always wanted to know how things work or ask questions. Or I always asked that question that people like, why did you ask that question? That was always me. And it still is today. Uh, <laughs> Connie said the other day, she was like, why is everything you talk about at the minute, you keep saying that they're struggling or they're probably struggling or everybody's probably struggling. And I was like, oh yeah, I do keep saying that a lot at the minute. I just feel it. And I think for the past two or three years, I've been kind of almost... I think a lot of the people around me have probably been getting quite frustrated with me saying, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen, you know. I feel like, you know, things don't seem right. They're not working properly. It's all going to break down and everything's going to kind of hit the fan. And now we're kind of at that point and it's kind of starting to happen. Uh, and I just, yeah, I'm just worried about, yeah, just everybody in general, my family, certainly friends, and just trying to support them, uh, whether it's mental health-wise or money stress. And I think... You know, for anybody that is out there struggling, again, I've spoke about it before, but that acronym that I use, that seek help one, uh, make sure you're sleeping, make sure that you're exercising, make sure that you're eating and make sure that you're communicating. You know, if you sleep well, you're able to go and exercise. If you exercise, you're more likely to eat well. And if you're eating well and looking, over, looking after those first three things, you're more likely to communicate with people around you. I think it's really, really important, especially right now. Don't isolate yourself. Like, even the last few days, I've been feeling pretty overwhelmed with the last few months of stuff that I've been trying to manage. And I've actually said out loud a couple of times, I just want to sit in a quiet room by myself for a couple of days. But actually, that's probably me falling back to my old, old default setting of isolating myself. And so make sure that you don't do that. Make sure that you're talking to people, family, friends, people at work. Make sure you're not doing that. Uh, if anyone's struggling financially at the moment, make sure you get some financial advice, man. There's a government helpline that's free. It's a free financial advice service. Use that. Uh, I know people that have used that recently. It's massively helpful. And the other thing is, if you're just not very good with numbers right? Just ask people in your family. There'll be people that you know, friends or family that are good with numbers. Ask them. Yeah, this is a time that they can help you. So make sure you're using the people around you. And I think find the balance. When it comes to the sitting on which side of fence do I sit on and conspiracies or the people in power have got our best interests at heart, I think somewhere in the middle, like, like the majority of situations is probably the right place to be. And, you know, I can, if I spend enough time on TikTok, man, I think the moon landings were faked. Um, the American government were in on 9-11. Aliens are already among us and it can just start to go wild. And But also on the other side, if you're sitting in that place of there's nothing you can do, it's absolutely pointless, like I think you've almost given up, man. And actually, there's so much you can do that's in your control. So finding that right balance is really important. And having those like discussions and debates and disagreements, because all that's done is make me go away. I'm grateful to him. It's made me go away and think, actually, he's got a point, you know, and I need to yeah, tread the line quite carefully because my other friend has gone like, felt like he was way far the other way. Everything that he kept coming up with, as conspiracy, you know, and I was like, whoa, God, there's like, it was almost two extremes. And I think somewhere in the middle is probably really important. And I think having that community and talking to friends and family right now is super, super important for everyone as we go into this new year, you know, because I don't think it's going to get easier in the next 12 months. If anything, I think it'll probably get a bit harder and we need to rely on people a little bit more around us, uh, work with each other. Um, and But yeah, if anybody is struggling with their mental health at the moment, you are definitely not alone. I'm feeling 
it from everybody around me and the environment around me. If you're struggling with money, you are not alone. Everyone's feeling it. You know, just in the gym, I'm hearing lots of people thinking about cancelling the gym memberships and stuff. And that's a real catch-22, you know, because the gym is probably where a lot of people go to look after their mental health and um, and physically look after themselves. And that keeps a lot of the pieces of the puzzle in their life in line. And you take that away. I'm not sure necessarily it's the right thing, but the great thing about doing exercise is that, you know, you can walk out the front door and go for a run every single day and it's not going to cost you a penny. So making sure that you're looking after all of those things, I think is super important right now in this, in this period of time. But uh, yeah, I just wish everyone out there all the best. And, you know, I've said this before, but if anybody ever needs to reach out, especially athletes, never hesitate to get in touch with me and I'll always uh, do my best to get back to you. Um, but yeah, big love to everybody out there. Uh, and yeah, this was maybe more of a negative one, but hopefully quite a positive slant on the situation. And I think just making sure that you're looking after yourself, the people around you, your house, your community, your village is the most important thing. You look after that and the other stuff will kind of take care of itself. Um, but yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.